The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now today we've got a third income explorer with us, Mount Malcolm Mines. The code is M2M, last traded at 6.5 cents for a market cap of around $5.5 million, which is just how Garen Perro likes to have these things. Uh, lots of exposure to exploration success. And the, the MD with us today is Trevor Dixon, otherwise known as Mr. Leonora. Um, Trevor knows how to find gold in that part of the world, so it's great to have him on to tell us the Mount Malcolm story. Uh, Trevor, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, uh, Barry. It's a pleasure to be with you. Okay. Uh, Trevor, listed uh, September last year, um, managing to, uh, thanks to your local knowledge, I guess, of uh, more than 30 years, able to uh, sneak under the guard of or the bigger regional players in that Leonora space and uh, pick up a, an interesting uh, land package around the uh, historic Malcolm Mining Centre, about 25 clicks to the east of Leonora. Um, I think it would be great if, before we just jump into uh, that sort of uh, background to the company, it would be great if you could just give us a feel for your history. Obviously well-known, but to those who don't know you, just give us a, a two-minute pitch on who Trevor Dixon is. Yeah, thanks so much, Barry. Um, look, my um, first introduction to Leonora uh, was in 1980, um, doing some uh, roadworks there when they put the new road through uh, up to Linster, uh, bypassing the, Agne, the very corrugated Agnew Road at the time. Uh, so that was my first introduction uh, to Leonora. Uh, I uh, grew to love the place uh, very quickly and took up a prospecting career, uh, treating um, shaft sinking and uh, treating ore at the local Leonora battery for a number of years. Um, I established a civil earth moving business and uh, that was my background prior to Leonora and uh, ran a successful business there in between uh, my prospecting works uh, and then uh, ultimately um, became involved uh, in the public company space uh, <clears throat> some uh, 10, 10 to 15 years ago, putting uh, packages of ground together for, for IPOs and the likes and uh, carrying out JV, uh, JVs with uh, numerous company, companies across the, across the mining gambit. And uh, then, of course, uh, taking uh, Kin Mining uh, public in 2013 and, uh, yeah, supporting that business through uh, to 2020. And then, of course, um, uh, setting my sights on the, on the Malcolm area, an area I've been quite familiar with. And, uh, yes, it was, uh, it was a bit of herding of cats uh, to pull the... Um, 270-odd square case of tenure together for Mount Malcolm, some 15 transactions to bring that that uh, parcel of ground together, but very happy with uh, what we've been able to secure there. It's some 30-odd kilometres of the Keith Kilkenny 
uh, liniment. So, um, yeah, very happy, uh, Barry, with uh, what I've been able to achieve uh, with mm. Mount Malcolm in the early stage. Uh, Trent, it'd uh, be great if you could give us a little bit more detail on how you uh, heard the cats. Um, you what you take these prospectors to the pub and convince them, or you speak to the lawyers. How does that? How do you go about it? That is that is definitely one method. Uh, but uh, the main the main uh, driver uh, was to establish with those prospecting groups that uh, look, it was uh, in their interest to be part of a larger. Uh, a project area where meaningful work could get done via the public purse, if you like, and um, they uh, those prospectors retained uh, some equity with uh, royalty holdings, and so that's what that was the opportunity we offered up for the prospecting groups uh, was to be part of a bigger picture and then retaining some equity uh, at the end of the day if uh, if if those uh, dollars in the ground were were successful. Yeah, and um, it's uh, like a, having a, a living database, isn't it? Dealing with a you know a big bunch of prospectors, they would know where where you should be looking. They'd be full of inf- uh, information and hints, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, they were very helpful. Um, once once they uh, came on board, understood what the proposition was. Uh, then, of course, they're all vying for uh, Trev. We'd like you to uh, spend. Uh, your public dollars on our tenements, of course. Mm. Um, so that's been the challenge: is um, uh, working our way through the historic data chase, uh, and and then really ranking uh, ranking those um, prospects and target areas, uh, so we uh, get our best bang for buck, uh, the investors buck, mm. uh, as we go forward with our exploration programs, Barry. Okay. I mentioned a historic era dating back to the 1900s or thereabouts. The reason it uh, hasn't got the attention it deserves is because of that fragmented ownership which you've now consolidated, essentially. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, several companies, um, significant companies, mind you, uh, North Limited in the mid-90s, um, Normandy Poseidon in a similar period, worked on um, areas within uh, our project area, but as you say, it's it's uh, the fact that we've been able to put it, consolidate uh, all those syndicates and prospecting groups together to secure that 30 kilometres of strike um, um, adjacent to and above uh, the Keith Kilkenny liniment. And I think that's the important thing here, Barry, that, that Keith Kilkenny liniment is a craton scale um, uh, fault system. Uh, it, it's what, uh, you know, Saracen and, and Raleigh Finlayson uh, built there in that Saracen uh, business. Uh, most, all, pretty much all of their um, mines sat along the Keith Kilkenny liniment. Mm. So it's an important uh, structure within the entire Yulgarn block. Yeah, okay. Now, people in Kalgoorlie might not like it, but I'll say it, I think there's no better place in Australia to be finding gold. And you've just touched on it there because uh, I think you've got uh, eight mills within a 100-kilometre radius of you. So, um, obviously, we don't uh, need to say much about infrastructure except saying it's all there and treatment options at the end of the day should you come up with a developable resource. Yes, yeah, certainly, Barry. Um, I think it can be said in one sentence. Uh, infrastructure can only be described as excellent. Mm, okay. Now, 
as I said, uh, listed in September last year, but you uh, got pretty busy um, in uh, 2022. Um, Calypso, uh, Dumbarton. So which one should we talk about first? Uh, well, look, um, Calypso is the flagship um, flag, f- flagship prospect. Um, it had extensive drilling by both BHB and North Limited, uh, and uh, that was put together... Uh, in a uh, an expiration target uh, of some 2.9 to 3.9 million tonnes of about one point between 1.6 and 1.9 uh, for some 200,000 ounces. So there's an expiration target there at Calypso, mm-hmm. um, but importantly for us, we were very keen to use uh, some new techniques, some geophysical techniques that hadn't been used on this area previously um, because it sort of showed itself as a very large magnetic bullseye. Uh, And what was important to us was to apply other geophysical methods that might enhance what we could already see there. And uh, that's what we used in the early stage was gravity, so it's a exploration 101 process whereby we use the geophysical methods initially and the gravity um, enhanced with the magnetic data really gave us a feel for what the targets look like there at Calypso. Okay. Now you've uh, just reported some drill results from Calypso. Talk us through those. Yeah, look, the drill results are really quite exciting for us. They're significant widths. Now, that Barry, in uh, my 30 years uh, of, of exploration, I've not drilled uh, 100 metres of mineralisation, mm. and that's what we've been able to drill in our uh, diamond drilling in our holes three and four uh, position. It sits, sits over a target we call T3, Now, this area has not been the subject of much drilling uh, previously. Most of the historic mineralisation sits within our targets one and two. Uh, And we went for this target because it sat at the hinge of uh, the banded iron, the predominant unit that's been uh, drilled to date there and has demonstrated mineralisation. So we went for this hinge position in target three, away from the known mineralisation and um, it's it's really come up trumps for us. Uh, Holes three and four have encountered mineralisation over significant widths, of which currently, Barry, we've only um, cut and assayed 30 metres of the hole three uh, of that approximately 100 metres of intercept of... uh, of mineralisation there and hydrothermal alteration. Uh, and we've cut about 50 metres of a similar intercept in hole four. And that's produced some uh, pretty damn good numbers for us as a first pass uh, with respect to drilling outside of the known mineralisation. Mm. Um, does Calypso have uh, some historic mines or shafts on it or is this... Uh a modern-day sort of exploration target? No, nothing at all, Barry. So uh, Calypso sits just north um, of the Lake Rayside uh, uh, lake systems, 
running through uh, that area uh, of Leonora and on and down towards Cal. So uh, no, no historic workings whatsoever. It's basically red sand dunes uh, on the north side of the Lake uh, Lake Rayside uh, system there. I guess that's why a company with scale of beach. BHP rocked up there in the 1980s. Yeah, that's correct. The uh, yeah, the large magnetic signature. It's about uh, two kilometres in uh, diameter. So it was a large. I think Jack Helberg showed uh, showed BHP uh, and uh, Barry Felberg, being one of the uh, company groups that were involved initially, um, brought it to the attention of BHP, and and uh, they uh, they commenced some drilling there. Um, during the mid eighties. Mm, okay. Now, so what's the forward plan then? So the forward forward plan effectively will um, at, certainly at this initial stage uh, will be to step out, um, and that's what we've done. We've um, collared a hole to the south of hole number three. Uh, it's hole number eight in the series. Um, so that'll give us a triangulation. Uh, between holes three, four, and eight, which Barry will give us a bit more of an idea of the um, plunge with respect to the mineralization that we've seen today. Uh, we believe hole eight is in an up plunge uh, position, so higher up the mineralized sequence there. So that's what we're looking to get a bit of a 3D action into into the exploration model that we have currently. Okay. So are the analogs in the, the Leonora region? Oh, look, I think, you know, um, the former explorers, Torian, uh, their analog was uh, Sunrise Dam. We're very fortunate to have picked up uh, senior geologist uh, Tony Roach. Uh, Tony's uh, well well read. He's uh, he's a doctor of geology, uh, and he comes to us uh, from Anglo Ashanti. Mm. Um, and uh, yes, uh, so Tony's worked, of course, at Tropicana and the likes of uh, Sunrise Dam. So it's a little bit early days um, to really pick that analog at the moment, but um, it's. Uh, you know, we've certainly got a good feel for it, and Tony's uh, quite excited about it, what, what he's seen thus far. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, Dumbarton's where you're uh, chasing, uh, drilling along a line of load earlier this year. That's actually a bit different, a carbonated basalt-hosted veining system. Yeah, so it's very uh, analogous to the existing um, historic mines at the Malcolm Town site. So Dunbarton sits uh, just south of the, the Malcolm Town site. And, of course, you've got the historic uh, North Star and Richmond Gem uh, historic producers right within the town site. Uh, and Dunbarton's is very much um, similar to those. Uh, we're very fortunate. It uh, has some strike extent and we've been able to now um, get access to all of the strike at Dunbarton's. But interestingly, uh, the five holes that we put into Dunbarton's this year uh, have demonstrated to us that this uh, uh, geophysical feature that we, uh, which was cross-cutting the load system uh, that has now demonstrated to us that it has some grade 
uh, we received a, a 20 metre intercept of uh, some 1.3 to 1.4 grams per tonne in this new position uh, at Dumbarton. So very keen to get the RC rig back to Dunbartons. We've got all the approvals in place. It's, uh, it's more about just uh, staffing at the moment um, to, to get the rig back onto that particular prospect. Because mm, in its day, uh, prior to 1954, it was like a 20 gram plus uh, small producer, is that right? Yeah, so Dunbarton's uh, produced some modest, uh, modest tonnage at, a re- at quite a reasonable grade there. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And like I say, with this new intercept, this cross-cutting uh, feature that we've uh, discovered there, um, we're getting wider, wider zones of mineralisation, albeit... Uh, at lower grade, um, but uh, mind you, um, you know what the mines, uh, the grades that the mines are operating at these days are more in line with what we're seeing there on that new feature that we've uh, drilled. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's going to be an di- additional bonus to us to to follow along with that one. Uh, Trevor, the June quarter was uh, particularly tough on uh, across the entire market. Gold explorers hit very hard. So we're all thinking that the door will slam shot, uh, shut on cash raisings, but obviously you're a uh, recent IPO. So what is the uh, cash kitty looking like and uh, does that carry you through for the prolonged period? Yeah, so the cash position uh, at 30th of June was some $4.6 million. Uh, so we're running very much uh, to budget or under budget. So we've uh, had three quarters, uh, three quarterlies, uh, in the in the ASX marketplace currently, uh, the most recent quarter uh, sees our expiration spend um, some two hundred and fifty odd thousand dollars under budget. Our March quarter spend was some five hundred and forty odd thousand dollars under budget, and then our December quarter prior to that, our first quarter. Uh, in business, uh, we had 180,000 uh, under budget. So every quarter um, so far, uh, we've been under budget on our spend. And Barry, this has been a bit of a function of the labour market. Um, we've kept our powder dry. We've mm. managed our, our we've managed our funds prudently uh, with with effectively the skill sets uh, that we've had available to us. Um, so yeah, um, at the moment where we're running uh, under budget, so I'm very pleased um, that that's the case currently, and um, yeah, we s- still have uh, uh, plenty of powder dry uh, to get in amongst these mineralized uh, <coughs> mineralized drill holes that we're seeing at Calypso. Mm. Yeah, I'm not surprised um, that the budget's going well because. Um I think it must have been 15 years ago. You came through Melbourne, invited me out for a beer, and I paid for the beers. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, unfortunately, we're run, almost running out of time, but just give me a feel. Leonora is a bit of a buzz at the moment with um, Sons of Gualia sort of opening itself to uh, JVs and, you know, lo- more local supplies of ore to keep the mill busy, and we've got Rally Finlay with his Genesis uh uh, beating his chest. Uh, what's your take on uh, what uh, the region might look like in a few years' time? Look, I think um, the region is certainly ripe for consolidation. We've seen a little bit of that um, 
with uh, initially Dacian picking up the NTM gold uh, position there. Um, we've seen um, <clears throat> certainly uh, St Barbara take up, uh, put a put a foothold uh, on on a chunk of kin mining, mm-hmm. and uh, now of course we've got uh, rally has emerged uh, from the Northern Star position to uh, put himself in the in the box seat there at um, Genesis. Uh, I certainly think uh, Rally's uh, the type of guy to take uh, this consolidation forward. He certainly has uh, made no bones about the fact that uh, he wants to continue the consolidation. He wants to build a long life, um, solid mid-tier business out of this. And uh, I'm absolutely convinced he'll be able to do that. And uh, yeah, I'm looking uh, for, for M2M uh, to to be able to assist in that process, if uh, if that's if the case, if that's the case mm. with respect to consolidation. Yeah, well, one thing we can say about M two M at the moment is, of course, that uh, anything that's happening in Leonora has heightened investor interest because of that. That in that background, the bigger corporate picture emerging. So mm, interesting times. Okay, Trevor. Um, if we could just bring it all together and give investors a feel for what they should look out for in the next three or four months. Look, in, certainly in the uh, short term, um, look to the rest of the uh, core cutting uh, at Calypso. We'll release, uh, release assays as they come to hand. We're very keen to continue to release um, the uh, mineralised zones that we've drilled to date. Uh, and, um, yeah, um, watch this space with respect to Calypso. Uh, and this this new load position, I think um, there is a possibility here, or a strong probability uh, that we have a new load position or a new discovery on our hands mm. here at uh, the Calypso Prospect. So, um, yeah, watch this space, Barry, very much so. Okay. Just a reminder there, we're talking about a market cap of 5.5 million, so lots of leverage to the upside. Okay, Trevor, thanks for your time today. Great story. We'll keep in touch. Absolute pleasure, Larry. Thanks. Thanks so much.